And that was that was what laughter used to be. Do you remember it? Do you no. remember when there was like things to laugh at? I've forgotten the the sound of laughter from the, the before times. From the before times. We forgot the taste of bread and the sound of trees. We even forgot our own name. Oh, what's that from? That's Lord of the. That's Return of the King. Oh God. <laughs> that's something I watched over Easter. Is it? Yeah. Did you did you, did you go watch? The second trilogy. The only trilogy. Hey, hey. It's not Return of the King. Okay, it's the, the Jedi. Only, <laughs> the only Tolkien trilogy, I should say. Even the trees walked in those fucking movies. Oh boy, did they. <laughs> and he's that little one who, who gets set on fire and then puts himself out in the flood. It's cute. I love it. <laughs> oh, baby tree. Baby tree. Do, well, do, do, do. Baby ant. I say baby tree. <laughs> Big Pretty boy tree. fucking big still. <laughs> Pretty fucking big tree. Pretty fucking big tree. Welcome everybody to the big damn Pretty Fucking Big Tree Hello. podcast roundup. Uh, my name is Chris. Please stay behind the designated lines made out in tape on the supermarket floor, Johnson. And I am no tree. I am an ant. I'm Jonathan Reese davies collecting two paychecks, Watson. Ah, uh, may as well. <laughs> he does, isn't it? It's him, isn't it? It is him. Yeah, yeah it's John Reese davies Who else doubles up? No, it's not in that. It's not in that. It's a different Peter Jackson film. In um, King Kong, Andy Serkis double dips. Yeah, because he's the cook and he's Kong. Mocap for Kong. Yeah, yeah. He gets a little little second Sushan of, of second money. Second slice of that Jackson pie. Oh, Oh, when you read the credits, I mean, you've—I know you've watched the Lindsay Ellis doc on the Hobbit and and everything, but no. when you read the credits for the Hobbit, uh, Andy Serkis is involved in all three of them. New second unit director, second unit director. He does some producer work on one of them. Yeah. Producer work on one of them, and you, you can't help but think, did this third movie only happen because everyone from Peter Jackson's like phone contacts wanted a conservatory or something? I think it happened because they were just they had to support him to stop him from just blowing his goddamn brains out at having to make this fucking movie. He, he, Three the, times. Here's the thing. He didn't have to make that movie. He didn't have to. He could have left it to Guillermo. To Guillermo. And it would have no, been two it was parts the studio. and pretty. <laughs> the studio wanted him to make it. because And then Guillermo had to drop out. So the studio was like, right, you need to make this movie for us. Yeah. 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 But did he have to make that movie? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I mean, he could have not eaten, I suppose. Um, two, true. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Because he could have released an extended, extended edition of the trilogy. Sorry, the second trilogy. The Walking Trilogy. The Walking Trilogy. They're both Walking Trilogies. Star Wars isn't a Walking Trilogy. <laughs> oh, you mean the Hobbit? Yeah. <laughs> Both um, the Middle Earth trilogies are walking trilogies. Even the dwarves walked in those fucking movies. Wait. The dwarves do walk. <laughs> they roll in barrels. In case people are wondering, they we normally out of holes in the ground. <laughs> we normally talk about current popular culture. But there is none! <laughs> there is no popular culture. There's none culture. at all! Um, except for 
The fact that WWE can be added to the list of companies that treat their employees like shit. Yeah, but we already knew that before the whole coronavirus thing. We did. Because they not... treat them as independent contractors rather than employees, so they don't yeah. have proper health coverage and things like that. But not only they be have been continuing to perform for SmackDown and all that stuff, to no audiences uh, because uh, of like healthcare coverage and everything. Like They basically have to work to have healthcare coverage. Um, not only that, ladles and jelly spoons, just before this recording, I found out that some of their most recent acquisitions have been dropped by the company to save money. People who've been signed within the last year have been dropped to save the company money. Yep. They could afford to keep them. Vince McMahon... Even working for the WWE... Doesn't... Which is why Trump has just brought him on board for the economy talks. Fuck off. Genuinely. Vince McMahon is has been brought in by Trump to help reopen the American economy. Well, that's horrible. It is, because Trump only knows businessmen from TV that he watches. You know that he's, he's delayed the... Um... The check's going out to people because he wants his name on all of them. Wait, who? McMahon? No, uh, Donald Trump. Trump. Oh Christ! He's delayed the the check the uh, the sort of the holdover checks, like the twelve hundred dollar checks going out to everyone. My because he wants his name printed on all of them. Jesus. My favorite thing uh, about him this week, uh, and I don't say that often, which is usually derogatory, as is this. My favorite Trump fact this week is that uh, a bunch of state senators uh, in the states, uh, as our American listeners will know. Um, have basically stood up against him and said, like, look, you are planning to open America's uh, a load of states up for the economy soon. If we don't think it is safe enough to do that for the people living in the states that are in our jurisdiction, we're not going to open them up again. Businesses are not going to be opening up. We're going to veto what the president tells us to do, which is good because that means our senators are looking out for, you know, their bloody people, the people who voted for them, the people that their are in their Their constituents, yeah. And Trump put a tweet out talking about how his favourite old-time movie is Mutiny on the Bounty. A little mutiny keeps things exciting, but, like, don't forget, you all uh, need things from your captain. And just being all vague and so obviously not pointing out anyone directly, but he's clearly talking to these these people who made the statement, these senators. Trump's clearly never watched Mutiny on the Bounty. Because <laughs> it ends with Captain Bly sailing out in a boat with a freaking hole in it, and he's going to die. Like, well, what what's his point here? <laughs> like, or maybe he has. Watch that thing with the mutiny in the title. Know. Yeah. Did you, see, did you see his press conference meltdown? Oh, which one? Talking That's the saddest he, how part. He had absolute authority. Yeah, oh god! And then a day later, as it, it was, was she from? She was either from N. Um, she was. I think she was from CBS. I might be wrong. A reporter grilled him on it. Those two. One lady grilled him on it, saying, like, what's this all absolute authority about? Who? And he's like, don't misconstrue my words. Don't this, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. And then another one challenges him on, right, you've just shown us a film about all the actions you've done yeah. to, to combat the coronavirus. Um, so propaganda, basically. But even in your film, you miss out the entirety of the month of February. What were you all doing during February? And he immediately goes on the attack and calls her fake news and tells her to shut up. And it's like, we had the, we, if you watch the thing, we had it in there. And she's like, no, you didn't. There wasn't anything for February in there. And he just bites back. He's so horrible to her. And, yeah. You know, fake news, fake news, all the bullshit that he's introduced into the lexicon. I think um, what to needs deflect. to happen is someone needs to ask him a question at one of these press conferences that pushes him. Yeah. And then anyone else he moves on to afterwards needs to ask the same question. Ask the question. exact same question. Yes. Yes, because keep... all of these things he's doing are live. Everyone can see him. 
lying and crumbling the moment he's challenged. So if they just kept at it, like, you know he'd just strop, he'd just walk out of there. The only reason he's doing these daily press conferences isn't to reassure the American people. It's because he can't go to his rallies anymore. Yeah. This is the closest he can get to it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of a... It's kind of a good thing that our Prime Minister was hospitalised for a week, because you didn't have to <laughs> listen to him fucking talk. And more sensible people dealt with it all. And now he's going to be, well, more well, sensible... Well... In the, in the most relative of terms. Yeah, yeah. Um... Do you hear about Scotland though? Well, they they've they've finally broken free and have pushed themselves <laughs> off the main landmass. They've cracked the border of the actual landmass and they've used oars to push themselves away. They've no. fucking left us to die like we deserve. In Scotland, um, one second, guys, I've got a dog intruding on the podcast. Minnie, you want to come? In How dare put the, she? Put the door stop on and then she can stay in here with me. Can I can freely. see that little Absolutely, wagging yeah. tail. I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind. Lucy and my dog have just invaded the podcast. How uh, dare they? Much like Scotland have invaded our topic of conversation. Ha <laughs> ha. Because Scotland um, invading. Yeah, like uh, hands down one of the lowest lowest uh, death rates in the world during all of this. Like yep. wasn't, uh, when the first report came through, it wasn't even in the double digits. And I know it's a small country all things considering compared to other places but in terms of like the rate <clears throat> i do hope the rest of the world looks at scotland and goes can we do what they're doing well nicola sturgeon shut things down like a week before we did yeah because nicola sturgeon's so... got a head on her shoulders it seems um which is a good good bloody move um but yeah so what's been really fun is i've been i've been doing a lot of twitch games and playing stuff online to try and provide daily schedule for my brain but also you know sort of distraction for anybody who's watching games and stuff and i've been doing it on twitch.tv slash official cdj and twitch.tv slash big dev dream how dare you subscribe folks and um but when i've been doing it i've been trying to avoid games um when i put them up for vote and stuff with pandemics or or diseases or like zombie outbreaks and stuff just you know because it's not what we need right now i don't know i've been quite enjoying resident evil well that's the thing i'd be then like at the end of the night I'd be like, right, let's raid someone. Who's online? Oh, brilliant. They're, and they're playing Resi 3. Ah, okay. Yeah, well, so <laughs> off you all go. There you go. But the most recent one. My viewers voted Spider-Man as a playthrough, like a blast through. So I've been playing it through on spectacular difficulty so that it's not too difficult that we can't get through the story. And then you forgot about the devil's breath, didn't you? I totally forgot about the devil's breath. Mm. And the fact that it, it when you find the all the info on Osborne's uh, system in his office when you break into Oscorp, that it's just like, yeah, pandemic, and here's what it is, and here's what it does, and it attacks the immune system. And I was like, <laughs> well, I guess Spider-Man's also one of these games, but it's too late because the raft's coming up and I don't want to not play it. Because As well, awesome. uh, yeah, it's pretty fucking great. So. <laughs> um, Get on with it. Spider-Man has been, speaking again, on this, Spider-Man has been trending for nearly 24 hours in the UK as of this recording, because a couple media sites reported the question yesterday, on their Tuesday the 14th, what's the best Spider-Man movie? How would you rank the Spider-Man movies, folks? And go. Japanese Spider-Man. He didn't get a movie, unfortunately. No. It was Even though he is the emissary of death. And I don't um, think anyone's counting Nicholas Hammond's two... No, the uh, Nicholas Hammond TV movies. Brief theatrical releases for those films, but... um. Spider-Man versus the Dragon, um, but 
the rankings have been sticking around and the the, the, the things that <laughs> the things that have stayed in the twitter this is how slow the pop culture landscape heck the cultural landscape is right now um the the twitter trending topics in the uk for the last 24 hours have included the words andrew garfield spider-verse and uh toby Maguire and spider-man 2 those are the four recurring phrases that have never left raimi was in there for a good portion of the first 12 hours for other well. reasons as well yeah well well uh, not uh, not for writing and producing the golden arm for queeby um oh god have you seen any of that no i've not so, seen any queeby stuff yet so uh, there's some the trailers we saw uh coming out of super bowl there's some clips doing the rounds on uh on twitter at the moment for the golden arm which is a, a morality tale about an amputee who gets this golden arm and it's about her it's very fable-esque it's about her hubris and everything and hubris yeah but it starts to poison her and kill her and it's played completely straight and it's like a three-part drama just look up any clips of the golden arm and marvel at the fact it isn't an snl skit taken out of context it's yeah. an actual drama and sam is involved which makes me very sad well no but, because um, um if it was <laughs> it was if it was an nsl skit it'd be poking fun at, at the politics true in a way um uh although snl attempted their first home show this past week they recorded all the skits from home so it was like individual monologue pieces and weird little character pieces um um but the best of all guess who they got to host it uh me wait what? <laughs> I'm looking this up right now. No, oh, uh, no, that's next week, sorry. The host, although the host was just uh, giving the monologue at the top end, yeah. was Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, of course. They got Tom Hanks in to do it, and he's back home. What's really good is he says, like, he says, no, there's no need to worry. You don't have to distance from your screen. Um, everything looks to be on the men. In fact, I'm back home now here in America. Um, if anything, I, I, I'm even more like America's dad right now. Because everyone wants to get away from me the moment I start talking to them. And mm-hmm. I make people feel uncomfortable. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, mm-hmm. we must protect him at all costs. Uh, though he didn't resurrect David S. Pumpkins, but I'm going to put that down to the fact that there probably just wasn't a suit in his house. It's not um, Halloween yet. <laughs> it, well, it ain't. But it could be. Uh, because... Uh, Spider-Man. I'm trying to link back to Spider-Man. Halloween's cancelled. Halloween... Oh, that's a good point. What's the post-production on Halloween? Um, what's it Halloween called? Kills. Halloween again? Halloween kills. Halloween again. again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the post-production like on that? I'm assuming they've not filmed. I don't know. Or filmed it all yet? Um, I don't know. I, they were doing, I they were doing them back to back. So I one, couldn't tell you. One would imagine production would start like now. Uh, no, hang on. Depends on how the much pro- post-production there is involved. They started shooting it. But oh, I don't know if they finished. Yeah. Will there be a Halloween this year, or will they have to put them all back another year? I mean, I wasn't talking about the franchise. I was talking about the festival. Well, the, fest- the festivities. Well, see, that's why these Spider-Man polls, segue, segue, uh, fill the time. But I was just wondering, considering the debate... Uh, into the raging... Spider-Man is the best one. Next question. See, right. So, <laughs> I, I, Lucy and I had a chat about it. I was trying to figure out what my rankings would actually be of the eight theatrical Spider-Man movies. And I think I've, I think I've hit mine. I think Spider-Man 2 is still number one, followed very closely by Into the Spider-Verse. Because um, Spider-Man 2 is the best movie made using the topic of Spider-Man. Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie ever made. 
Um, then Spider-Man from 2002. I would have originally said Homecoming next, but Far From Home, because just the Mysterio stuff pipped it to the post for me. I was so delighted to see that wackiness and the dickconus of all that on screen. Then Homecoming, because that third act is an absolute blast, where it's just pyjamas Peter with his goggles on fighting the vulture and all that stuff is so good. It's a proper banger. Um, it's a banger that slaps, good sir. Um, then Spider-Man 3, then Amazing Spider-Man, then Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, I think Amazing Spider-Man's better than Spider-Man 3. I I disagree. Ooh, healthy debate. Uh, go on. That's where, about where, the only thing I'd probably change, though. Where, where would you put them, Squire? Into the Spider-Verse is the best one. And then none others on the list. <laughs> and then... Next question. Uh, no, uh, Spider-Man 2... <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Spider Verse, Spider Man Two, Spider Man, uh, Far From Home, Homecoming. They are all kind of like on very level peggings. Yeah, and then after that, you got Amazing Spider Man, which is fine. Uh, Spider Man Three, which is bad, but there's some fun to be had in there, <laughs> and Amazing Spider Man Two, which has no redeeming features whatsoever, except meme ability. No, it has no redeeming features. Most accurate from page to screen rendition of the co- of the costume. It has no redeeming features. Andrew Garfield has glorious hair. It has no redeeming features. There's a none part, of these things are good enough. There's a part where he's in a he's in the costume, but he's in a gilet and a woolly hat and with mittens because it's cold out. And there's another bit where he puts on the fireman's hat. All this costume reduces the loudspeaker. Can you say gilet again, please? Gilet. Thank you. <laughs> Mufasa. Ooh. Oh, I watched it. I watched it. We watched a bit of the uh, live action Lion King. Please define live action. Um, the the the, the recent remake. <laughs> no, no. Of the Lion King. Did you watch it on Disney Plus? No, no. We uh, it was on right. our TV. Because on there they've renamed them. Okay. They're, they're reimagined classics. Oh, they're not remakes. They're reimagined classics. Um, so you made watched, it. You watched some of the reimagined well, Lion Keek, King. Keek started watching it, and then I joined in <laughs> around the time of I just can't wait to be king. More oh, like, where, where they're just sort of lightly walking around an area because you can't yeah. have them piling up in a musical display. Yes, and I was. I'm me and Keek just like, why did they make this? Why did they make this? And then we managed to make it to. Uh, Hakuna Matata before we were just like I can't listen as much as I love my boy Seth Rogen I can't listen to him try and sing this oh yeah because there's that debate about whether or not um, they knew he couldn't hold the tunes they were kind of going oh it'll be funny because it's endearing that Pumba's not really carrying the tune the same way or whether or not no one thought beyond well we've cast a celebrity you don't didn't pl- think replace that. Nathan Lane with someone who can't hold a tune is Billy Eichner any good then as Timon? Is he any decent? Yeah, he's pretty good. Cause, oh, because there's one clip I've seen of it that makes me really annoyed. And it's a joke where it relies on you it's knowing fine. the original inside out. He's better than John Oliver as, Zaz- as um, Zazu. Zazu. Uh, no. Yeah, that's, he just talks his lines. Yeah, well, let's be honest. They that just, being said... They just hired him because it was, who's a funny British man? He'll do. Chiwetel Ejiofor does a pretty damn good uh, Be Prepared. Even though he doesn't sing it. 
he just sort of speaks it a bit. Yeah, but it, yeah, it sort of snarled. And yeah, sings, but they keep chickening out. To. They keep chickening yeah. out of the villain songs. He almost does. He almost does. But not uh, quite. I reckon he could have done, but I reckon they directed him not to. It's weird, isn't it? But um, the, the, the one gag that's got in my craw is the bit, the, the whole, like, um, uh, when I, uh, God, when I got downhearted, how did it feel every time that I, and normally in the original film, Tim on then cuts and he goes, Pumba, Pumba, not in front of the kids. Oh, sorry. Boom. Akuna Matata. And the song carries out because he stops him saying farted. In the film, don't they, like, egg that out? Like, really stretch out that moment? I don't even remember that bit. Well, there you go. That's how much of an impact it made. Yeah, it just sort of washed over me. I was just going, this is <laughs> terrible. Yeah, and the clip, the clip I've seen Timon just keep, like, Pumba keeps nearly saying farted, farted, and then looks at Timon well, and goes like, are you going to interrupt me? And Timon goes like, no, 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 you're going to say it, so go on. And it's like, why would he expect him to interrupt him yeah. unless Pumba is aware of the original movie? Yeah. Like, what is this? Why? Why is this but, a thing? Um, I mean, no, it's just uh, it, it, it's just very realistic CGI animals whose mouths move. There's so no, it's, it's homeward bound. There's no flair <laughs> or sort of visual artistry to it. It's just... Yeah. It just doesn't have any of the magic that the original has because it's so. It's, they, they've they've focused on making it photorealistic without actually giving it any character. Yeah, I feel bad for Favreau in a way. I mean, not for his bank account, but like, it seems like he had to do that to get the Mandalorian. Yeah, almost. Do you know what I mean? Like, you gave us Jungle Book. You gave us Iron Man one and two. Can they you imagine? Were amazing, brilliant. I want to do the Star Wars thing. Cool, but first. You did the Jungle Book, right? So you did the animals. Do it again. Is there any humans to interact with? No. Chris. Well, doesn't that kind of like strip it of any humanity? Do it again. Can you imagine if they do that <laughs> with the upcoming Robin Hood remake? Instead of anthropomorphic animals, they just make photorealistic actual animals doing Robin Hood. See, that would at least be... Can you imagine that? would at that? least be different, I guess, but it would also be pointless. It's like, it would why, also is, be why is this Robin Hood? Why? Why is just... Uh, a fat wolf walking around a castle saying, oh, I've got to get gold for Robin Hood. Off quote, Robin Hood, mate. A quote-unquote live-action Robin Hood <laughs> with actors mo-capping stuff and then having the characters painted over them could be pretty good. Or it could be the fuel for Tumblr for years it could, to come. It could be good, or it could be cats. Although... It would be better than cats because they'd be using actual mocap suits rather than digital fur technology. Digital fur technology. Though, did you see what Alison Pregler, uh, also known as Obscurus Looper, she does like um, uh, NAF film uh, retrospectives and, and like she watches things like Baywatch in their entirety and does a series oh, of retrospective on it. So, um, she she highlighted on Twitter this week that um disney plus have been showing selected versions it's been brought by other people in the last like six months since it's been yeah. in the states but but she, she sort of brought it back up they've been using select versions of films on disney plus like airline yeah, versions here and there just to sense editing things. stuff but most notably this week she watched splash yeah and yep. uh, it's daryl hannah daryl hannah yeah she's she kisses tom hanks there he is again um hey keep your bingo cards that are ready guys third mention of tom hanks gets you a free cheese wheel <laughs> and um 
she's running, she's running away from him. She kisses him. She runs back toward the sea. Uh, now, for those who don't know in this film, she's a mermaid, but she has legs on land, but she has back in the sea. She has a tail. So she runs away. Long hair's covering her front, frontus. Long hair down her back. Normally in the movie, bare booty as she runs into the sea. In this, extra long hair. In Very a weird, badly CGI'd a, on. Yeah, yeah. in like, a, those are either really weird extensions or she's got hair coming out of the lower part of her back covering her She's got her hair ass. coming out of the lower part of her back, clearly. It's so strange. It is so, It's not so, the only so thing strange. they've changed either. Like, um, apparently they've taken a gag out of Toy Story 2. What? Which one? Uh, apparently there's a casting couch gag in Toy Story 2, which I don't remember. The so outtakes, I kind of get that. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the outtakes at the out. end. Uh, Stinky Pete, the prospector, is sort um, of talking to the Barbies about if he, can get, he could get them a role in Toy Story 3. Yeah, I remember that. I kind of get that. I kind of get that. But that being said, Final Fantasy VII Remake's been doing the rounds this past week. Like, people have got the oh, physical yeah, copies. Oh, yeah, yeah. And a load, that, an entire story section of that has, like, clouded address. And well, I've been re- Him I've getting been replaying... roofied to be used as a sexual, like, favour for someone. I've been replaying the original on Switch, so... Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've done that section in the original. Yeah. And it is creepy! Yeah, and I know it's not... Obviously, the character... And everything is someone that you then fight and take down, and they're bad guys. But it's still like, it's weird to see current culture sort of still using this as a trope. So I it's get why they've taken that out. Stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of messed up stuff in FF7. I misheard you for a second. Um, but you said there's a lot of S Club stuff. I was like, oh, uh, well, that'd be amazing. There ain't no party like an S Club party. 1997 was that just before S Club? Yeah, it was like on the cusp of them. Yeah, yeah, on the cusp of Sclub. Um. <laughs> We are on the cusp of Sclub. Then we got Joe. She's got the flow. She's also a massive racist. Here we go. So we, also... <laughs> so we mentioned Sam Raimi earlier. We did. Um, and, as we were talking about Spider-Man. In the hopes that he will appear. Um, and turns out he's actually come out and, and said, yes, I am. I am directing Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I am doing it. Yeah, it was off the back of it. Uh, it was off the back of, of of someone asking him about the the Spider Man film questions, wasn't yeah. it? Like, oh, your your three Spider Man movies are like being mentioned a lot in this poll. It seems like Spider Man Two sort of the clear favorite for everybody. And he's like, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Well, you know, it's lovely. And I never knew that. You know, I'd be. I think the quote is something like, um, and I never knew when we did that Doctor Strange Easter egg in the movie Spider Man Two that I'd be making you know telling that story one day it's like hang on hey. Sam, did you just confirm outright that you I are indeed was, directing it was pretty much all but confirmed at that it, it existed point, but, yeah. in that in that weird like hey how about that news like bubble that the internet has provided us over the last couple of decades where people involved let us know it's happening before the official studio statement happens yeah. like we all knew there was going to be a black panther 2 before they said we're working on Black Panther two, and it was because we'd all found out that Bozeman had signed on and Kugler had signed on, but that was not confirmation it was happening. That was confirmation they were making it. And same here, like Scott Derrickson had pretty much responded to someone's asking about if it was Sam Raimi a couple months ago, and he said like, you know, I got into films because of films like his growing up. I couldn't think of a better person to to you know fill my boots. Uh, and it's like, so that means it's happening then, right? That means it's happening. No one said it isn't happening. And now straight from the the Shemp's mouth, the, <laughs> chi- the chief Shemp himself has Shemp's spoken. 
Um, this Bruce makes Campbell, me... of course, has been saying that he wants to be. A... <laughs> yeah, we said who should the villain be? It's like, well, not you, Bruce, but can we like at least get you in? I don't know an antagonist role of some can kind. We make... Can we? What? Bruce Campbell as Shumagarath. <gasps> <laughs> yes, but instead of five tentacles, it's five chins. Five chins. Five strong jawbones. Five chin Bruce. <laughs> No, uh, no, he should narrate it in the style of uh, his narration from the Spider-Man video games, okay, where he's like the okay. tutorial narration. Yeah, all right. <laughs> just um, Doctor Strange. That's a so stupid that's... name. Oh well, you're here. Better get to doing magic. To begin, walk forward and press the action button. You can see that button, right? <laughs> it's the one with the squiggly thing. No, the other one. You'll figure it out. And she's been coming back, she's looking up, she's like, the fuck is happening? <laughs> you've, you've broken, haven't you? You but, think you're living in the Bruce Campbell narrated universe. I'm just saying it now. You want to live there with me, right? Come on. Let's be nope. honest. Oh. I I listen, see you're taking th- a, I see you're taking a shit. There are things I do that I don't want anyone narrating. <laughs> you're going to need to wipe between those that, cheeks. <laughs> that implies that they will be seeing it. And there are things I do I don't want anyone seeing. Well... Whoa! Anybody? I'm not Louis C.K. for crying out loud. Um, <laughs> you don't have enough plant pot- potted plants around your house for starters. <laughs> uh, That's disgusting, and I love it. Fuck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Sam Raimi directing it. it makes me what happy. else was I going to say? Uh, Sam Raimi. What Doctor else Strange this week? Shumagorath. Shumagorath. The future. Shumagorath. What did you just call me? Shumagorath. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sure, uh, uh. sure, sure, um, There's whole generations that only know him because he's a recurring Marvel v. Capcom character. Yes. Like, how many times I mean, have you been using is, comics? Maybe, like, twice. Appearance, to be fair, like, he's not... He's not a huge thing in the comics. The, the, you know, 90s Marvel v. Capcom, so, like, the OG and, and, and the first home edition of, uh, of number two. So it was an arcade machine, number two, wasn't it, in the 90s? Yeah. And then it they was all were. Con- it was they were con- all arcade machines first. It was a console game in like 2002, I think, was when yeah. Marvel Capcom 2 came to PS2. Um, like Characters like Shumagorath and Blackheart are only remotely on anyone's radar because of those games. Well, before that as well, because they were in the original Marvel superheroes beat em up. They were, weren't they? Yes. Is that because it was because... Capcom and they were just like, they look cool, and Marvel were like, I mean, we have... We have more important, more well-known character. Yeah, we want the much. tentacle monster. But what? That was the, that <laughs> we was want the, line- the tentacle guy. <laughs> that was the lineage because it started off. It made X Men: Children of the Atom. Yes, yeah. Which was called beat 'em up. Then that turned into Marvel superheroes. Aye. Became Marvel superheroes, which then became X Men versus Street Fighter, which then became Marvel versus Capcom. Which then became Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite and yeah. no more. <laughs> but that's the sort of lineage. It's like they started doing beat em up, like uh, 1v1 beat em ups with the Marvel license, and then it sort of grew from there into the Versus series. We want Shumagorath in every entry. Yes. I beg your pardon. But, um, Quick question and... Do you have any heroes who are Japanese schoolgirls? Right, that's enough, uh, Capcom. Goodbye. No, sh- terrible, terrible. Uh, Shumagrath and Blackheart were in Marvel Superheroes. So, mm. um, mm. the roster in that was like, uh, Cap, Spider, Wolverine, mm-hmm. 
Berserker Barrage! Berserker Barrage! The final boss was Thanos because it was based on the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, cool. Uh, it was Blackheart, Shumagarath. Um, fuck my ass, who else? Uh, <laughs> that was uh, that was uh, Shumagarath's special move, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Hulk. Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Uh, In a vest, I imagine. Uh, yeah, it was the it was the nineties one, so it was like the jumpsuit. Oh, with, with the really boots, low everything. cut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there was also the classic Hulk was in there as well. Uh, I want to say Juggernaut was in there. Was War Machine in there? Iron Man was in there. I don't know if War Machine was in there because I know War Machine was like for number two. I maimed as Doctor Doom, Iron Man, and War Machine. War Machine was in was in. Um... Marvel versus Capcom, but I don't know if he was in Marvel Superheroes. Ah, because just wondering because whether he was based on the fact that it's just the Iron Man sprite with some extra bits added to it. Yeah, I think I think, I think they <laughs> had, had memory slight, limitations, slight attack so... variations, just very slight. Let me let me look up Marvel Superheroes. Um, the the beat 'em up. Uh, to see what the roster was because it is very nineties, very very nineties. I mean, you got fucking black hat in it, so you know. Yeah, oh god. Um. Who, in case anyone's wondering who that is, it's the whiny kid that Ghost Rider tricks really easily in the first Ghost Rider film. I can't hurt him because I can't use the pen and stare on him, despite the fact I have many other abilities. Ah, well, he doesn't have a soul, so I can't do it. Now he's gonna steal the contract from me for a thousand souls, which will make him all powerful. Oh wait, he's got a thousand souls in him. Yeah, so Pen the, and stare. Um, Ghost Rider, two thousand six. So the, the lineup Buy was our merchandise, folks. The lineup was um, Black Heart, Captain America, Doctor Doom. Yes, was the, was Doom's a, was good. A bo- yeah. Was a boss character you could unlock. Uh, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, Juggernaut, Magneto, Psylocke, Shumagarath, Spider Man, Thanos, and Wolverine. Of course, Psylocke was in there. Well, yeah, because it was it was a sequel to X Men: Children of the Atom, and also was... her bum was being flossed by her costume. Oh yeah, so they were yeah, absolutely yeah. going to put her in the game. It's the nineties costume, yeah, yeah, the nineties nineties costume that ever nineties. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. What? Oh. What? What else happened this past week? I'm so lost. I haven't done show notes. I'm so old. Um, I'm so very I watched... old. I watched Underwater. Is that the the uh, Kristen Stewart? The Kristen Stewart. Um, Alien meets um, uh, 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 submarine movies. <laughs> Alien meets the Abyss, basically. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, good. Don Miguel. Tell it's, me. Uh, it's pretty damn solid. If you like, you know, tense. Uh, this is a bunch of people on the bottom of the ocean, and they have to walk across the bottom of the ocean, but. It's the most inhospitable place in the universe. Um, very small cast, but very solid. Is it? Even even if TJ Miller's in there. Oh, God, yeah. But it's okay. He doesn't make it to the end. Yay! Is it true that they take advantage of a certain creature's um, public domain status for the, the end of the movie? Christopher, I couldn't possibly say because I've heard that I've heard that the monstrous threat in it is a smaller thing, but then they at the end take advantage of something that's in the the free. Say no more yeah. because it's okay. fucking great. Okay, 
Okay, where is that? Is that on uh, Now TV Sky Movies package? I found it on the internet. Oh. What? Because <laughs> I missed it at the cinema. And oh, it's not streaming enough. anywhere yet. Oh, well, there you go. Um, so, uh, so I definitely haven't seen Underwater. Yeah, he saw it by completely legal means. Yeah. I say with my mouth. Um... Okay, underwater. Is Kristen Stewart in a comeback phase now in terms of like redefining what everyone thinks of her? Is I mean, it official? she's good in that. She's pretty solid so, in it. Because apparently just... Charlie's Angels did, got, did not go down well. It didn't do well. I think it went down well. I people was... liked it, but I, I don't saw... think it did very well. I saw mixed criticism. When I say mixed criticism, yeah. I mean criticism from the people who obviously were going to criticise it because they're big misogynistic crybabies. But then also people who were like, yeah, this should have been better than it was, and it, it really wasn't. As I good mean, it as probably it should have been. been better than it was. It didn't do very well, so. Mm, nil for the gangbusters. Um, nil gangbusters. But I tell you what else nil. I watched on the internet this week. Do I want to know what the next sentence out of your mouth is? Well, because I didn't watch it when it was transmitted on Dave first time around. Oh! Oh! I watched um, Red Dwarf The Promised Land. Yeah, boy! Let me give you my brief review of Red Dwarf The Promised Land. Go on. It was alright. Yep. Yeah, um, it was too fucking long. See, weirdly... It I was did... way too fucking long. Because you watched it on catch-up, so I'm assuming uh, yeah. I'm assuming there's some pre-scheduled ad breaks on the catch-up. Yeah, and they split it into two parts as well. I would like to watch it um, as one cut. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a dwarf guy. I bloody love that sure? show. Are you sure? Yeah, because I want to watch. Sure? I want to watch the ninety-minute cut, not because I watched it live. So I had every ad break. Um, I don't want to watch the two-hour, five-minute version I saw with all well, the, the, the same ads on repeat. It... I want to watch it as an hour and a half just to see. Because no, back to Earth, thing... the, the two thousand nine special that was broken into three parts on transmission. I was so excited for it. Cause it was new Red Dwarf, first Red Dwarf in yeah. like ten years, and I didn't like it on transmission at all. Um. And then I got the DVD and I watched it cut together. You can watch it either as three separate episodes with laugh track as it was broadcast. Yeah. Or you can watch it as a hour 25 uh, all cut together um, uh, film without laugh track. And it works really well. That See, way. this is the thing. I think this would have been better without the laugh track and slightly tighter editing. Yeah. I mean, it was filmed in front of an audience. Yeah. But the way that it's edited, it makes the laughter track sound like canned laughter. Yeah. And feel like yeah. and laughter. I think so some of the jokes for me fell flat, even though the audience was having a whale of a fucking time. I think part of that is also down to the fact that it is a feature length one. When you're watching yeah. a feature length comedy, even if it's based on a sitcom, it feels weird when there's a laugh track. Yeah. Like it'd be like if the Muppet movie had a laugh track. Yeah, you imagine a comedy film with a yeah. laugh track it'd be fucking weird it'd be odd and I, I that's why i'm waiting for the dvd because i'm kind of hoping there's yeah. a i mean obviously i guess there can't be an alternate cut without a laugh track really for this one because some scenes were filmed live um but i i you know i'd be intrigued to see it if depends it what the audio situation was like whether they had isolated audio for the actors yeah true true because i think the actors had a pretty damn good stab at this you could tell they were having a whale of a time like playing out yeah again. Robert Llewellyn was playing a slightly more knackered Crichton than before. Well, all, the the, um, the bits that really worked for it the most in, worked f in it the most for me were like the simple sight gags, like Lister opening a bottle of beer on Crichton's head. Yeah, yeah. I fucking roared at that. I yeah. thought that was a really, really nice bit of physical comedy, and the giant floppy disk. That was and that great. whole palaver, like that. Yeah. I thought that worked really well. Stuff um, worked good for for those who for those who don't know. It's it's the technically 
thirteenth series unquote uh, in a way because yeah. we've had we've had the original eight BBC series, then the Dave special Back to Earth, in which they talk about series nine having been the best ever and then when it came back for a full series on dave it started with series 10 so it's like yeah. that's brilliant so back to earth is basically series nine if you're talking about your your chronology of it all um then we had series 11 and 12 back to back and this is our 13th offering um it's a feature and special finally following up the idea of what happened to if not all the majority of the cat people that that yeah came about from from Lister's cat like creating a whole new species over three million years. Of course, the fucking we've... cat flap guard got a good laugh out of me as well. Yeah, mostly because they stuck with it. At first, I groaned and rolled my eyes, and then like halfway Except through, when it was the like last the... time you're there, it's not there. Yeah, no, that was a bit. Yeah, but the third, the th- like the third time we're watching a grown adult, you know, performer. Yeah, like having to lie on the floor and sort of scurry through this door on a flap, and then stand up and be like, <sighs> "Sire, I it's like I was just like they've committed to it. This is this is yeah. ridiculous. Well done, team. Uh, we get to meet them. We meet some of the followers of the re- the religion of Cloister the Stupid, uh, who believe in his teachings, and of course it's Lister, and we find out. I kind of wish we. I kind of wish this had been. I think if it were an episode, it would have been. I kind of wish this had been more from Cat's perspective. Yeah, I think that I am home would have hit much harder in the fields. Yeah, because like the revelation that that the 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 king is his brother just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, the the idea that they're supposed to be the same age. Yeah, he's just had a hard life. Is quite good. That's quite a good gag. But also kind of hilarious because it's like Danny John Jules is the least aged looking of our oh, central yeah, no, cast. I, I, he, yeah, he he looks pretty pretty damn good cat it. don't crack like he yeah. looks amazing um but yeah it's it, yeah i know yeah that 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 revelation absolutely would have played heavier if if it had been from his pov yeah, now yeah. there was an episode and, and people have got like the, the dvds have access to versions of it various versions of it like when they repackage the show as ju- repackage the dvds as just the episodes in box sets and stuff um yeah. instead of instead of the collector's sets um, a version of an episode was cut together using uh, animatics and whatnot. There was originally going to be an episode from like the sixth season or seventh season where they find a ship of cats people and like all the males are dying and he has to help repopulate like the the the, 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 okay, the tribe yeah, on the yeah. ship. And it would have been about that fork in the road of his story of like, does he stay with them? Like these are his people. Yeah. Um. And it's like you know, so there's a, there was a, that that existed as a concept. I think that's the thing for me though, is because episodes of Red Dwarf are so much shorter mm. than this. There isn't time for their premise to sort of wear out their welcome. And I feel this one was a bit baggy because of that. Yeah, because but then, it, but then it, again, if it had been told entirely from Cat's perspective, it would have at least been narratively different from what we're used to in a way. Like it wouldn't have been about yeah. all four of them. It would have been you know. This is Cat's story, and and uh, you know, I mean, even just the way they tell it, like ha- have voiceover from Cat and stuff, like recontextualize it enough that it feels like a, an experiment rather than I imagine how you felt like a stretched out episode. Yeah, it just felt like it was a lot of filler because it tried to give everyone arcs, but in doing so, it repeated one that Dave had already been through in series one. When the, yeah. the, the the first and up to now only time they touched on 
this storyline. Uh, in series one, there's there's the story where they like toward the end of it, he finds like a priest or one of the cats that yeah, the cat keeps yeah. visiting, living in the in the ship, living in Red Dwarf, and he's blind and old, and and it's this whole thing of that episode's about Lister dealing with the idea that there's a whole society out there somewhere that thinks he's a god and that he's done something important and they're learning from his teachings, and it's a lot of horse shit. But then he understands like the power of faith and belief, and that's more important than than you know him feeling um a responsibility it's like if the faith is helping people that's more important and he helps this guy pass away like by making him think that cloister the stupid the god that they worship is there and and you know it's like it'd be all and end all he feels awkward about it all but he understands why it's a good thing in some ways that story's ended there they've done it yeah so the fact this yeah. focused on his responsibility as a god or a perceived god it was like okay we've done this now then you have Rimmer's existential crisis, which sort of yeah. doesn't exist, but suddenly happens about two thirds of the way in because of some cat says to him. That in itself would have been better as an episode of Red Dwarf. Yeah, it feels like they couldn't quite get the funding for a full season, so they just jammed a bunch of episodes into ninety minutes. I wouldn't be surprised if if it was something like that in the because no no it's how it wasn't recommissioned and it's not because it didn't do well it's always date that it's it's, it's yeah. like dave's most highest rated program when it does a new series because it, it even more so on... than favorites like taskmaster and stuff like it, it absolutely trounces them in its ratings and overnights when it comes back because it's such an event like people yeah. grew up with red dwarf and here's a brand new six series episode uh, six the, episode season the stuff on the maroon starbug felt like an episode on into itself yeah yeah that that could have been like they could have just been marooned on a planet before you get there, and it just because there are episodes like that where they're just stuck somewhere for reasons that they don't really go into and that aren't really related to the story of the episode. Yeah, it's <clears> more about what happens when they're there. Like we start um, with them playing golf on a moon and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, the best episode, as far as I'm concerned, my favorite to this day is is Maroon from series three, which just for the majority of it, it's Lister and Rimmer trapped in Starbug. Yeah, with like three days to live, just bickering for three days. It's so well written and performed, and I think the best stuff in this really was those few moments where they just let again, either Chris Barry and Craig Charles, or um, in this case more more so than any other pairing, Robert Llewellyn and Chris Barry just yeah faff around and yeah and... the sort of the sort of who's on first routine with Crichton and Rimmer in the lab yeah early on <laughs> like where he's er deleting his er memories he's er great erase your memory of that command okay from and he gets another prompt to remember it's like hang on forget that I told you to forget that then and forget it up to yeah that was brilliantly yeah. done um and see it's working it's working <laughs> as as a also as a stage performance there yeah where whereas it doesn't work as a stage performance when they're like running through the corridors of the ship and it all feels a bit more sickly put together. It feels like a, it, it shot more like a multi-camera drama, yeah, or multi-camera sitcom, without a laugh track. But then the laugh track fades in, mm. and it's the way it fades in and out which makes it feel canned. It's not there all the time. Yeah. Oh so yeah. There's not th that there was some of that, wasn't it? Like the best scene in it for yeah. me was the scene where Rimmer like spoke to Lister about his. It was just the two of them. That was brilliant. Yeah, that was really, yeah. it was really brilliant writing, and it wasn't trying to be i think some of this was silly stuff trying to be silly like a lot of the stuff with the three followers yeah felt a bit like oh, this is just trying to be silly and funny yeah it's not really landing for me but yeah. then there's some genuinely funny moments in that scene between lister and rimmer 
but it's also touching because it's about those characters. Yeah. And like the yeah. best stuff in Red Dwarf, the best comedy in Red Dwarf comes from the characters and the way they act, they deal with the situations, not from like people saying holy poppadom over and over again. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why series eight to me isn't as bad as everyone makes it out to be. Yeah. And it's because we get back to, because it's a resurrected Rimmer and, and Lister stuck in the Canary, stuck in prison in the new red dwarf we get back to scenes of just those two yeah and and like who they are and how they bounce off each other and how they grate on each other's nerves and and it's just so much fun to watch um although i loved i i do love the moments where lister kind of and this scene was absolutely one where lister kind of admits that yeah like it, it's not all it's not all just hatred like he does he does admire him in some ways yeah and, and, which i think and, is then undermined by the last gag of the episode Oh, which one? The uh, with the where they all start worshiping Rimmer instead. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, you could have done something actually thoughtful about this, about really about them learning to, you know, the promised land being is you know somewhere inside you, and it's not. Yeah, you're not a literal god, but you're still led by example and stuff. And yeah, we don't worship you anymore, but you're still you're, there's still something you're worth admiring. Yeah, in and, and then in all of it, you know. Uh, but then they just make it a gag about worshipping Rimmer. I think the only reason that happened was because someone came up with the visual gag of the spaceships going from the cat face to the letter H. Uh, that'll probably that, be why. Also, not a, ba- not a bad visual gag, to be fair. Yeah, but I think I um, wouldn't be surprised if that was the reason that's why it, it ended with yeah. that gag. Because think... someone thought, oh, and then they could do that and it'll be an H and we'll go to the credits. But I, th- I think that's the problem. Like, there's There's too much in this for me. But they did it because they thought it would be funny rather than they did it because it made sense. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's the stuff in, like, the best Red Dwarf is, like I say, it's not funny because it's trying to be funny necessarily. It's funny because it makes sense. And that's funny for Mm. those characters. Paired up with the occasional ridiculously well-timed line like that. Sometimes you can have a gag line that just comes out of nowhere and it's just genius. I mean, of course, the... The, 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 the winner is from like what's like series five or six where it's like go to red alert are you sure sir that would mean changing the bulb it's ah. just so quick <laughs> so beautifully done like that that stuff is you know i'm just laughing because i can see fucking robert Llewellyn's face saying that fucking line just a slight concern it's through really all that rubber good. <laughs> Well, spe- speaking of Llewellyn, let's 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 touch off on the things oh. that um the things that really did work for us in this one. The stuff that was really fun. I liked Crichton's subtle redesign, like yeah. the, the patched up sections of his body. Like they've got yeah, to the point now where they clearly can't be asked doing up- upgrades or whatever, and it's just like it's just a metal plate over part of him. And yeah, one of his arms is dirty as hell, and it's just like oh, they've given up looking after him. This is really depressing. Yeah, um, the floppy disk was funny. That was a funny job, especially because it was an exact floppy disk draw with the clicking button and everything. Oh my god! And all the modem dial-up sounds when they're trying to get when they're bringing him online (laughs) and then trying to get in touch with him. In fact, all the stuff with Holly I thought was really, really good. Yeah, I was concerned because for the first half, again, that sounds like an episode in itself. They boot up Holly again. Yeah, uh, they find a backup and they boot him, and it goes horribly wrong. And then they have to kind of trick him back to normal at the end, but. That made me that reassured me because I was like, "Oh, is love it just kind of lost it and it's here for nostalgia's sake?" But then when he f- he flipped and he started yeah, acting more like Holly, you were like, again. "Oh, it was literally the performance, thank God!" Because once he was back, it was like, "Oh, there." 
there he is. There's Holly. It's the, it's the moment where he's like, what's happening, dudes? Yeah. <laughs> like, and there I'm like, he hey, is. Holly's back. Um, <laughs> but, it, also, but that's the thing, though. The, 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 um, the solution they come up with the, for the Holly problem, they could have done it any other time. Yeah. It was but just, the only reason they don't do it is so they can have this 90-minute-long adventure yeah. away from Red Dwarf. Yeah. Like they didn't need to do that. Just remember my favourite Holly line from the thing it's from from the early intros, it's from like series one or two, it's all like I have an IQ of six thousand, which is about the same as six thousand PE teach. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ. Yeah. There there honestly there was there was like an episode's worth of good material in this special, <laughs> which is what? How long are the original episodes? Like twenty minutes. Uh, twenty-five. Twenty-five minutes. Twenty-five. Yeah. A, bit, so a BBC like... half hour for the late eighties. So with enough with so enough like... gap for them to do like a news bulletin or something afterwards, maybe late night. Yeah. And that and that and then they go to half hour from like series three. So it's like a good episodes worth of stuff in this, and then like two episodes worth of chaff. Yeah, like you said, it, it was pro- it was probably the plots of three different episodes, and yeah, and, and it, the way this they seemed to be one together. of those, yeah. Yeah, just doesn't quite work. The flow's um, not. And it's a shame because you know, I like seeing, I like seeing new Red Dwarf, but th- there was more in this that didn't work for me. Yeah, um, than did, and I think I think a big part of it though is my tastes having changed in regards to laugh tracks. Yeah, we've talked about this on the podcast. A even bit though, the even last, though it is a live laugh track, yeah, the way that it's mixed in mm. makes it sound fake. It's about the editing at the end of the day. The, yeah. ed- the editing can make or break that nowadays. Um, and I think I don't think that was handled well. Is it weird that that's part of the reason why I love Series 7? Probably the most no hated track. series. Well, there is a laugh track, but for, but for a few of the episodes, there isn't because you can watch extended cuts. And I think the versions on Netflix are the extended cuts of like yeah. three of the episodes where they're like 45 minutes long uh, because Series 7 was not shot in front of an audience. It no. was completely shot because they wanted to directorially just give it a different look and a different flavor, um, yeah. and it's the it's absolutely the best looking series of the BBC years series seven. It looks fantastic, um, uh, but a lot of people hate it because rumor leaves they're not fond of the Kachansky stuff. Yeah, but I kind of like it because it feels like the characters are given room to breathe more. The actors are given room to act more. Well, that's rather the, than that's rather than slip one... back into the comfy coat of the part, they sort of. You know, that's that's when Lister uh, starts getting some meatier stuff, like where Trey Charles starts to get to play with the drama of being that character yeah. a bit. Well, I, I which remember he does so well. season eight, uh, season seven airing. Yeah. Like, that's the first one I remember watching as it aired and really enjoying. Yeah. So. Yeah. People are wrong. Let's kick them. But um, all I know is it has made me. It's made me want to to see more. I want more. Yeah, I just I just got I just want to go back and watch more early Red Dwarf. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I want to do now. I wouldn't be surprised um, if this if this got a new series greenlit. Um, yeah, because I'm I'm surprised this wasn't a series. To be honest, I think I think it's I, I think it's cost probably like it's not an expensive show to make, but they obviously are caught. Dave are a smaller network compared to other hundreds of channels out there, so they. They obviously spend wisely. That's why series eleven and twelve were shot back to back. They were yeah. aired a year apart, as traditional series are, but it, they were shot back to back in one go, with like a two week break in the middle. Um, and you know, uh, we, over the course of like series ten came out in like twenty twelve, 
Yeah. And we had series 10, 11, and 12 between 2012 and like 2017. Mm. So they take their time making it. It's not made a lot. It, Which is it, good. It, I don't, it, I'd rather they not rush it. True. And it costs to have set storage. That's just a cost of production. As you can yeah, see from yeah. this, they do not build new stuff. Like they absolutely have, still have the sets from series 12, and, uh, series 11 and 12, like ready to go. Um, they've had the new Medibase in series 10 um yeah so it, it's you know that they're ready to make it they have to be careful with their money taskmaster is probably the most expensive thing they've make and it's not an expensive show to make no but they make like three series of it a year so they probably spend most of that on the cast true yeah well, could, the taskmaster could, to be fair I could, I could probably ask one of them. i could ask you yeah just gonna be like how much do they pay for that um because it's what it's what it's <laughs> four teams of two uh not always teams of two sometimes they're working on their own for their own points but how many um, people is it uh, oh i think actually i think it's it's either four or six i think actually for a series four or six people yeah i think so so yeah that's six six people i know the plus, format's um, changed a bit from series to series but yeah plus sir uh, greg what's his name greg wallace hosting. and dan thingy whatever he's called um, uh yes greg what do we say greg wallace greg davis <laughs> Greg Davis. I always fucking do Greg that. Wallace is the bloody uh, the chef bloke, the, the master chef We did chef that guy. when we were talking about Doctor Who. I said Greg Wallace would have meant Greg Davis. Greg Wallace likes the bass. He likes the buttery bass. He likes the buttery biscuit bass. Hey! Nutty um, bass. Buttery bass. Buttery biscuit bass. Um, and now shine my baldy head. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, God. Fucking hell. But yeah, so it's so like that... that hopefully this is the thing where viewing figures and the reviews for this were really good a lot of them a lot of them due to it being the timing of its release as well like a lot of yeah. the pull quotes on the day was the the spark of distraction and joy we need right now and like this is the perfect cure for what ails you for for a, a rather you know miserable yeah, see, time I, in our in I, our recent history I wish I'd liked it more, but so too much of it just fell flat for me. But on the upside, upside, it's giving you a perfect excuse to revisit the early seasons on Netflix. Yeah, and the stuff that's on UKTV Play that I haven't watched yet. So I didn't. I've not watched all of the newer series. Best best episode from the two. The two best things come out of the day here so far are both in series ten, and they're the episode Father and Sons, where it's it's Father's Day. Yeah, I've uh, seen that one. That's brilliant. And lemon and one. lemons. The one, uh, the, the one with Jesus. The one with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I've seen those two. Those two are super. They're great. Herb. They are so yeah. good. Um, they're like, they're they're like top tier BBC Red Dwarf, like tucked yeah. into a season of Dave. It's yeah, because so it's one, it's one um, idea. They get as much of it, much out of it as they can in twenty five minutes, and then they fuck <laughs> yeah. off. Like that's when the Red Dwarf's at yeah. its best. That's, yeah. I think that's why this didn't work for me. Yeah, but hey, hopefully we get more, and we get it in in shorter increments yes and, uh... no no red dwarf the movie please and can rimmer have the wig that the flashback looks for him had because rimmer's <laughs> wig from the last two series in this movie has always annoyed me chris barry's wig has always got on my wick and it's just it's such an odd like side parting and quiff combed into itself it just looks really odd and yet in this where they they threw us a massive nostalgia bone with the bit where it was like going through the different hologram yeah. types and it was just all the outfits he's worn basically for like the BBC run the wig for those looks looked better than the one he wears 
<laughs> Hell, give him the superhero yeah. one. Give him the the was it what was his name? No, no Mighty, Mighty Lighty. Lighty. Give him the Mighty Lighty one. That looked better than the one he wears. Um, Glitter guy. Isn't it strange to think that um... <laughs> Diamond Light. <laughs> when Craig when Craig Craig, Craig plays Lister, I, I couldn't spot him in this, but he doesn't seem to have like the dreads in anymore. I don't think so. Uh, or if he does, he has like the tiny ones at the back of the neck instead yeah. of the, the big buggers. But uh, half the ca- like half of the cast are wearing wigs. Um, I mean, yeah. Danny John Jules has on and off worn wigs for Cat based on what his real life hair has been at the time of filming. Yeah, but ever since it's come back, he's always in wigs. <laughs> Chris Pratt is always it's in It's just wigs. a consistency thing, isn't it? But they're getting older. That's fine. Tell stories about them getting old. Crichton is noticeably more portly now yes. than, than he ever has been before. Which I love that they never really address. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, because the, the audience knows. Yeah. It's, like, it's fine. You don't need to address it. Robert, Robert Llewellyn's in, like, is he what? Is, like, is, is he late 50s, early 60s? Like, they all are, yeah. Let him be whatever bloody shape he wants yeah. to be. Um, <laughs> last bit of Red Dwarf we move on. My favourite thing uh, to come out of... of the stuff around the release of this was on the morning of they appeared on i think it was good morning britain um over obviously facetime and stuff to like talk to the oh talk yeah to the host and they, it was meant to be the four lads and doug naylor yeah and daddy wasn't on and they spent the whole thing answering questions but taking the piss at the fact that he's always late and then it finally, it was a technological hiccup, apparently. It finally kicked in as they were wrapping up the interview. So the, inter- <laughs> the interview ends with them all, like, say, bye, thingy, and then all shouting, like, hi, Danny, hi, and oh, yeah, I'm rocking up now at this time, and all this, to the point where, like, the host had to kind of go along with it, because they were trying to end the item and move on, but they couldn't. <laughs> so it keeps going for, like, another two minutes of them just ribbing Danny John Jules before they eventually wrestle control back, and were like, more after this, ad break. It's like brilliant brilliant that's quite good brilliant i love the fact they all still take the piss out of each other and yeah go for it makes me very happy makes me very i had to think we could we could have had no more of it at one point because chris barry and craig charles legitimately hated each other's guts for years during the early series it happens which is why i think their performance in marooned is so good yeah <laughs> because it's like you two hate each other and you can feel it but it doesn't affect the comedy. It's like, this is great. In fact, it's the service of the comedy. <laughs> yeah. And now they're bezies and you still think they hate each other in the show because they play it so well. Oh, they've been doing it for so long. It's very, very true. Um, right. What else? Uh, oh, oh, meats. No, not meats. I've got an email uh, for you. Yeah, we've had a few bits of communicado. Um, um, but the email that we've got is specifically requested that oh. you read it. Oh, Tatty Bo Jangles. Um, yeah. Right, one second, because my computer plays havoc if I try to <laughs> faff Bring around. Bring it up on your phone, Cocker. I could do, but I means I'm going to have to log into it on one of my thingies. You're not logged you into it. Not right now. Are you able to screen share? Yeah. We're, we're on the Skypey Dudas. While you're doing that, I'll just put it up. I put it out on Twitter uh, just to sort of scope, see what people are feeling. I said, what fictional character are you as crazy as by this stage of self-isolation? Let us know. And the two responses we've had since I popped the tweet out is uh, from Simon Webb. Hello, Simon. Uh, Simon says, having to juggle work, mish- working mishmash shifts uh, and all these shifts has got me feeling like, and it's a gif of screaming Evil Willow. Nah. As you do. 
And uh, Emma Drury, hello Emma. Emma has said uh, another Buffy one. Drusilla felt most appropriate since I'm rewatching Buffy. And again, yeah, Drusilla Keeks has been rewatching Buffy. She's currently on the subject of Eva Willow. She's currently coming towards the back half of season six. So, oh, you taste like strawberries. She was watching Hell's Bells when we started. So, not Hell's Bells. Hell's Bells. Not Hell's Bells. Not um, the Bells. Can of you holes. see my screen? I can. Oh, there we are. <laughs> I just saw the title of the email. Sorry, tell me when to scroll. I'm not looking at the content of the email, so tell me when to scroll. No, that's all right. Um, tell you what, scroll down a little bit already. So this is called Get Me Pictures of Alan Spiderman. <laughs> Can Chris read this out? As he's already heard the jokes, so they're mostly for Matt. My original plan. <laughs> this is from this is from lovely Ian. My original plan for this week's uh, oh, scroll up slightly. My original plan for this week's email was a mini review of episodes three and four of The Mandalorian. But as Chris has been streaming Spider-Man daily at twitch.tv slash official cdj, uh, I'm on to superhero films with my daily movie watching. He, well, he was in the comments, uh, the streams telling us how he's going through the X-Men films. Uh, I said to him, you should probably do things to keep you in a good mood during isolation, but whatever. Uh, hey. I thought I'd use some of the light-hearted superhero witticism and quips inspired by Peter, the web along with my own superpowers, uh, as with great powers comes great response-ability. So it'll just be Ep3 review this week, along with some good superhero chuckles. Here are your jokes, Matt. Um, do you know how many billionaires it takes to make a superhero? Um, no. Three. Two to get murdered, and one to never get over it. <laughs> very good, very good. Captain America, Thor, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Iron Man and Hulk all walk into Ikea. Avengers, assemble. Uh... Anyway... <laughs> scroll down slightly uh, episode 3 The Sin aka Free Baby Yoda Free <laughs> Baby Yoda Emotion Got a bit of sweet emotion in there Obviously he doesn't give up Baby Yoda but it doesn't Oh yeah guys minor spoilers for the Mandalorian episode oh, yeah. 3 uh, but it doesn't spoil the interest in guessing what The Sin is even if we can guess it for someone who doesn't know much Star Wars, I do feel, while it isn't spoon-feeding me, it's definitely using the right words for me to connect the dots, but this might be different from someone who isn't a nerd. <laughs> oh, Ian. It's crazy how they can put a load of boxes in a room, yet each room can have its own style. Once again, I assume, because this was all planned for and taken time over. That's a good point, actually. The set design in The Mandalorian is very minimal well, for thing. a lot if, of the if, scenes. If you've seen some of the behind-the-scenes stuff... I'll like most a lot of what you see is back projection is rear projection yeah so, so it's just a case of moving boxes in the foreground yeah. to look like different parts and of then boxes. they just put up a different projection on the back screen and it looks like a set <laughs> we can great. also we can also assume that the birds will be something like a lifeline in dire situations and will be slowly used throughout the series before the big bag bits and we really need them Still good overall, but I'm desperate for more. Seven out of ten. Whistling birds. Um, can we just say the fucking um, I can't remember what they call the character, but the blacksmith character. Yeah, is fucking awesome. Oh, she's amazing. She's just um, the best. And the fact that her armor, her Mandalorian armor, is more reminiscent of like uh, like a like a knight's armor from yeah. like English medieval history. Um, right with the nose guard and everything. Yeah. It's just like oh, that's so cool. Uh, scroll down, dear boy. I'm just going to make sure there's uh, any jokes. Oh, there is another joke, okay. so here we go. Yeah. Uh, but the past three days, I was watching the original X-Men trilogy, and I actually applied to Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters as part of the X-Men. When I arrived, 
Professor Charles Xavier asked me what my mutant power was. Hindsight. Well, that won't be of any use, unfortunately, Xavier retorted. Yes, I see that now. <laughs> and was escorted off the premises before they were rebooted by Disney. Uh... <laughs> now, I do think there'll be some huge changes, like Disney removing the most promiscuous X-Men, Professor XXX. It's such a shame my power wasn't good enough, as I had already thought of my superhero name and everything. I was going to call myself Ironic. So when there's trouble and I'm running away, people will be like, isn't that ironic? What do you call? <laughs> what do you call a bunch of zombies dressed as superheroes? The Necro Comic Con. Fuck. What do you say to a group of Marvel? <laughs> what do you say to a group of Marvel superheroes who can all play musical instruments? <laughs> Avengers Ensemble. No. And I've saved my favorite joke. Salutes to you both, Ian. Thank you, Ian. <laughs> Oh, uh, Thanks, or Edward Morgan Blake, as I'm the comedian, and after all this, you'll definitely want to throw me out of a window. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Good work, sir. Good work. Very good. Good work, sir Ian, sir. Uh, That's good. Oh, bless his little heart. Christopher. Matstopher. It's episode 200 next week. I know. And as such, folks, uh, it being a monumental occasion, we think it's only fair that you send us tribute. Um, yeah. And you can do yeah. that in a number of ways. You can do it monetarily by going to patreon.com slash bigdamncast and supporting our endeavor, especially at this time. It's hard to create stuff in this weird insular world, um, but we're going to try our best to get some bits and pieces together that will be slightly more simplistic compared to previous stuff but we'll we'll do things in the world and it will help a lot plus you get onto the discord and it's full of cool kids not only that you can support cool us for squeeze right yeah love squeeze and slap and tickle which is one of their songs anyway um uh you can support us through content tool means that's a word now uh, by emailing us bigdamncontact at gmail.com. But not just that, you can get in touch on Twitter at bigdamcast. You can watch us on twitch.tv slash bigdamstream and check out the Big Damn channel on YouTube for all of that good gubbins. Um, next week, uh, business as usual. We'll see what we can dig out for episode 200. Um, and as for the fourth anniversary episode, 208, well... We'd like to do something cool, but it all depends on you lot. Staying at home and washing your damn hands! Just saying. Wash your dishes! That's my bit Wait, huh? That's my PSA. Uh, oh, Matt. I think I've PSA'd oh, myself. Oh. How dare you. Yeah, let's go. Oh.